Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all shapes, sorts, and sizes. This is Josh Belcher, host of the Uncharted Podcast. How you doing? Thank you for listening. Uh, I've had a crazy week this week. Um, my 63-year-old mother I wasn't feeling too well. I took her to the doctor. Um, she tested positive for COVID, coronavirus, in which um, I immediately had to tell both my jobs that... Um, my mother had been exposed because I was in close proximity with her. So it was my daughter and immediately had to go and get tested. I went to the local health department here and um, just like the men and women in uniform that I love and adore so very, very much, um, they were efficient like a well-oiled machine. They were protected from head to toe. Um, they were just fantastic. I mean, uh, they also had members of the National Guard there, but uh, these men and women on the front lines, uh, health professionals, nurses, doctors, uh, every one of them, my hat's off to them. Um, you know, they're courageous. They're out there every day uh, facing this, you know, and they're people from all different walks of life, families just like I do, kids, loved ones, the whole shebang. So very, very, very thankful for them. Uh, you know, I'm very well aware of it, but once you get there, and, and see it up close and what they're going through every day. Um, the ultimate respect and the ultimate tip of the hat. And I pray uh, so hard for each and every one of them to, uh, you know, to go home safe every day because this is a rough situation. Um, with that being said, um, a lot of people say when they get the swab test to the old nostrils that sometimes it feels like your brain's getting stabbed, that it hurts. Uh, you know, it itches my tickled, uh, like a mofo, uh, you know, when she swapped both my nostrils, I had to sneeze immediately afterwards. Um, I told her thank you for everything she was doing and went on my way. Next day, I got a text to a email file saying I was negative. So thanks God for, to God for that. Uh, my daughter was negative as well. And, uh, you know, we can go back to work and go about our business uh, and by the time you hear this, my mother, she's getting to come home. Uh, she's ready. I uh, cleaned her room for her, mopped, uh, disinfected with Lysol, etc. Cleaned her bed sheets, gave her the turndown service like at a fancy hotel. And that way she can quarantine in comfort and have a speedy recovery. And your prayers, positive thoughts, well wishes, whatever you uh do um, I'll be extremely grateful and I'm already grateful to the people that have been praying and reaching out uh, it's meant a whole lot because this is a, a tough tough time so uh, that's what's going on in my week I uh, had three days off uh, did a lot of practicing on the bass uh, my friend Sam uh, was kind enough to gift me one and uh, you know I've been a long time drummer and I'm having so, uh, shoulder surgery uh, in the new year and it's not going it's total shoulder replacement and I'm not going to be able to uh, drum the way I used to so being a rhythmic human being being a rhythm section I decided to go to the bass I've always loved it could pluck it a little bit but now I'm getting really in depth with it and it's a uh, great joy to sit with my computer uh, for now and watch YouTube and learn uh, tricks of the trade and play a couple of songs and, and just really 
uh, reinvent myself as a musician. So thank you, Sam Madewell, uh, one of the finest human beings that has ever been brought into my path. He's uh, a great friend that I don't deserve, but I'm glad I've got him. So thank you. Sam Madewell, if you're listening to this, you're one in a million, my friend. Um, he's a musician himself. Check him out. He's in the Cam Pierce group. He is the mandolin player, so look them up on Instagram or wherever you check out social media. Or go see him in concert if you live in the Middle Tennessee area. Uh, with that being said, uh, great, great uh, podcast coming up for you. Got a lot of uh, great um, content, that's what people call it. Got some content in here. We've got uh, Jimbo, bass player extraordinaire, for Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. Like I said, getting into bass, I uh, had to pick his brain. He's a guy I really like. Uh, he's a phenomenal musician, a brilliant human being. Uh, just uh, really awesome to get to speak with him. And he was very kind and generous with his time and giving me a little bit of uh, the inside scoop on the world of bass player as I'm making the transition. I've also got Elliot, the lead vocalist of Blessed Union of Souls. Their first album is celebrating its 25-year anniversary in which they're going to release solely to vinyl. Um, they're going to have uh, all kind of colors. Uh, check that out if you like Blessed Union of Souls uh, on their website. And uh, we'll go ahead and get to talking to them all about that right now. Thank you for listening. This is Josh Belcher, the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. And here we go. Batting first on this week's Uncharted podcast, bass player extraordinaire Jimbo Hart. He's a member of Jason Isbell's 400 unit. That's next. Enjoy. Yeah, anyway, about and Whistle, I was listening today. Um, the song Won't Get Fooled Again. I believe that's the title. Yeah. And when, when you're focusing on something like, you know, like I said, playing drums all of my life uh, at a novice level. You know, it's always been me and bass, me and bass, you know. And uh, yep. I just listen to him kind of like isolated but not. You know, I got it plugged in and I'm listening. Just the way he's climbing up and down that bass. And I know he's just using four strings, but it sounds like he's using about 12. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would. Uh, he was very melodic and he hit, I mean, he hit really hard, you know. Yeah. So you get that that just like grindy like you know kind of stuff and and he was so melodic in his playing you know I mean I think John Entwistle was probably wasn't he the first bass player that had a, a a rock and roll bass solo and it was a number one song in my generation wasn't that the first like badass yeah. rock and roll bass solo and I've yeah. been like the only one ever since. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds about right. Like, and and the thing is, as talented as he was, he was actually one of the more milder members of that band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was the guy that stood there and never moved. Yeah, he, he didn't have parted to. your hair in different directions every time he decided to go a different direction. Like, you know, <laughs> he moved your hair the other way, you know, or the other way over. Yeah, groovy, groovy stuff. Well, anyway. Um, you know, like I said, Jimbo, thank you for taking the time. Uh, to me, you're the bass player extraordinaire. You're a you know, guy I look up to and, and really enjoy your performances. Uh, thank you. That's very kind of you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, question number one, are, are you a part of this Barry Gibb collaboration that I just found out about? No, I, I was not involved in that as much as I would have loved to have been. Um, they just didn't ask me. So, uh, uh, you know. 
You don't just go show up to the studio and I'm here. Nobody yeah. asks you to come over, you know. So uh, yeah, but I, I've been really interested in hearing it. I know yeah, Jay's been be a he's been a huge fan of the of of Barry. You know, basically his vocal prowess and the songwriting for as long as I've ever known him. You know, everybody has uh, their influences and. You know, as as musicians, I think, and especially people like Jason, you know, he he's kind of a sponge. Everything he hears goes in, and um, what comes out is however he takes in all of his surroundings and what he hears, and you know, conversations with people and everything, mm-hmm. and um, and it gets filtered out into the songs, and and it's great, you know. Um, yeah, it's uh, and like you said about Jason, one thing that I've always admired about him. And one thing that really impressed me is that um, not only as, you know, the front man of his own band and playing with you guys, but, like, he seems to be able to fit in everywhere. Because I saw oh, yeah. him last year at NAMM, uh, not Vietnam, uh, National NAMM. Um, sure. I saw him play at the, the uh, Gibson Showcase with every band that was there. Sure. Uh, you know, held his own. And then, of course, you know, it just seems like he, he just gets in where he fits in just perfectly. He's like a musician's musician. And, and and everybody in his band, you guys just seem like to click on all cylinders, like, like you know, you're just uh, genetically in- intertwined or something. Well, I think a lot of that, and I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and probably until the day I croak. Um, <laughs> it's, it's because we were fortunate to be born where we were born. Exactly, yes. You know, I mean, we're from the, you know, uh, to one extreme or another, we're from Muscle Shoals. Yeah. You know, and um, when you're a musician in Muscle Shoals, you know, you have to play a lot of different kinds of music just to just to hang out. And that's not, to, you know, um, that's just to hang out and have fun. Sure. You know? and, and then if you want to, like, make any kind of money, you got to learn all these stupid cover songs. And, and I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to go there. I think the cover music industry is is vital it's just as much as any other wing of the music business so i'm not going to go there but you learn all these songs and you learn how to play them and then you learn then you learn the wrong way to play them because somebody's got their arrangement of it that's the wrong arrangement and so you you wind up with this muscle memory thing and uh it becomes situational and then that muscle memory thing um just winds up translating into everything you do. You know, you wind up like figuring out that, okay, this lick will work here for this situation or this one will work here. And um, you just get this bag of stuff and you tote it around, you know, and and, um, if you're working, you have a working bag. And if you're creating, you have a creating bag. And, you know, you just kind of like, sometimes you just dump all the bags on the floor and and roll around in in the toys. You know, like we yeah. when we were little kids. Sure, that's kind of the the thing, you know. And Muscle Shoals, you know, it just equips you so well to go out into the world and, and play with anybody. You know, it doesn't really matter. It's all music. It's all the same. We all, you know, at least in Western music anyway. I mean, Eastern music and you know, the rest of the world may be a little different than American music for sure. And there's a lot to learn there, but. In that in that geographical sense, being from Muscle Shoals definitely lends you this sort of palette to paint from. You know? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, to me, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, 
you know, I'm from Middle Tennessee, and and uh, to me, Muscle Shoals is the most magical place on on earth. It's like a Disneyland for musicians. Sure. You know, Toward both mu- both the you know the main museums I've seen the Nuthouse as well but you know you mm-hmm. go into a place like Fame or Muscle Shoals Sound you feel energy in there like you don't feel anywhere on earth. Sure, I feel it. I feel it when I when as soon as I go from Lauderdale County to Culver County, <laughs> I go across the bridge either it's the Wilson Dam or O'Neill Bridge or the new Patton Island Bridge. Yeah. If I go from one county, the northern Lauderdale County, to the more southern Colbert County, uh-huh. it feels different. The ground feels different in Colbert County to me. It feels heavier. It feels like I'm heavier. Um, oftentimes, I don't know if it's like a barometric pressure thing. It just feels like it's different on that side of the river. And yeah. um, I think there's some geological things about all that that I won't live long enough to ever be able to prove. Or to find out if it's if I'm right or not, but I think it's in the ground. You know? Yeah, no doubt because um, you know, and and everybody you talk to there that that is a musician that that really plays. You know, even even in your demeanor, like I, I know David Hood's a factor in your life. And, and oh I yeah, had, I had him on the pod not too long ago. He was like the I think he was the 27th greatest bass player according to Rolling Stone. Dude, he, did he you see? Not did bad. you see that? Uh, did you see that Rosewood jazz bass that Dan Lakin made for him? Uh, I saw an article that, that that somebody made a bass for him that I believe he had got stolen many years ago. Is that the one you're referring to? It's something like that. I'm I'm not sure if the one that he got the one that got stolen years ago was was uh, Rosewood or not. But I think Dan Lakin has made him a Rosewood jazz bass, kind of like yeah. George Harrison's Rosewood Telecaster. Oh wowzers! No, I didn't. I didn't. That's about badass, that. dude. That is That's like awesome. next level badass. <laughs> yeah. He just got. He just left Nashville. He recorded with, I believe, one of the Oak Ridge Boys did a solo album or something. He's oh, still cool. active. Yeah, he's still active, which I think is, is you know, awesome. Still doing his thing after. All. Oh, dude, David. David plays. You know, he's playing as good as he ever was. You know. And he's had a couple of shoulder surgeries too. You know, you're talking about having to have your shoulder worked on. Yeah. And um, you know, I've had some aches and pains in my basically my left shoulder for a few years, and I'm wondering if it's not from playing bass. You know, David's had his shoulders worked on, and you know, I mean, maybe it's just maybe it's just the the cost of it. You know. Yeah, mine. Uh, the only thing I can attribute to, I'm 38 now. Is just you know years of manual labor being a knuckle dragging caveman type and you know working out and playing drums just a series of stuff because sure repetitive motion you know yeah i went in at about 35 i was getting these excruciating pains you know i couldn't lift it further than you know the top of my neck and two doctors they both are like oh this needs to be totally replaced because i'm thinking man they're just wanting to make some money because my insurance might be kind of decent so you know i i can't take it anymore so i'm going to finish out the year but for me uh you know i and like i said i'm a greenhorn but just you know the simple thing like resting my thumb on that on that guard that pit guard i guess mm-hmm. is what it's called like i said i'm i'm, I'm fresh at it and just kind of plucking yep. and figuring out my thing it's a lot easier because it's my right shoulder it's the one i write with and everything else and i just i can't play drums like i used to and you yeah. know I've, I've studied bass so long that you know uh, I, I can look at tabs right now and kind of hold my own to some of the simple songs, but uh, it's just, it's always going to be in my blood. You, once you become a musician, you just can't get it out of your system. Yeah, once you start, like, uh, 
once you carry a good groove for a while and you get that in you and you play that groove with, with other people, man, it's better than sex. It's better than drugs. It's better than everything. You know, it, you know, it's funny you mention that the older I get, that's the way I feel too. And I used to think nothing would be better than sex, but you know, right. <laughs> right. Nothing could possibly be better than that. But yeah. I'll tell you what, you know, if you're really hitting with some, with your cats that you're really, really tight with on a good night and you can't go wrong, you know, even if, you, even if you want to, even if you stretch out and you're like, oh, I'm going to try to throw this guy off because we're feeling fun and, you know, like it's, it's loose. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever really tries to throw anybody off, but somebody will throw a little curveball every now and then and you've got to be ready to hit, you know. And yeah. uh, But when you're in that zone, man, you're like, I, I, it's really hard to describe. It's almost like you're having an out of, out of body experience or something. Yeah, no doubt. You know, because you're you really a, you're yeah. there and you're watching everything go down, or you got your eyes closed and you can't see a thing, and it doesn't really matter anyway. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and you just, it's almost like you can just you can be seeing something right in front of your face, but you're not looking at it. You know. Yeah, it's a, a it, strange it's a, thing. It is. It's, it's it's beautiful. It's like the most brilliant, uh, non-tangible thing you can be a part of. But Ooh. it's just like I, I watched a little clip of like a Motley Crue. Uh, you know, the reason I bring Motley Crue up, I watched a little documentary they had or something, and they were talking about how they don't even spend time with each other when they're done playing or hang out on the same bus. It's just they have this magic to where mm-hmm. when they all get together as a collective, they just create something that's just bigger than themselves, which I thought, you know, it makes sense. If you've ever played and been on stage with somebody, it totally makes sense. Some mm-hmm. some people just have a magic as, you know, a collective. Sure. Um, well, I it, think we're pretty fortunate that we can all still hang out, though, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 they I, might get tired I, of me sometimes. I might get tired of them sometimes, but we still all hang out and love each other and, you know, yeah. talk. No, that, and yeah, pretty fortunate in that regard. <laughs> Yeah, to me that you know that's that's uh, preferable. But I'm just saying, still, even with them, and, and it might be you know they just like the money. But I, I'd like to think it was more about the music. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it has to be. You know, it, at the at the essence of it, it really has to be. You really have to enjoy what you're doing, or you're just not going to enjoy it. And then nobody else is going to enjoy you uh, faking enjoying it. You know. So yeah. You really got you got to love it. You know, because it's not you know. There's some lean times and there's some boom times and there's all the times in between and and there's effort. You know, every move takes a whole lot of effort from a whole lot of people. And um, as it grows, you know, those baby steps get bigger. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, no, that's that's true. And and that was that was gonna be my next question for you as 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 a fresh guy. And I'm talking like I'm a few weeks in. uh, What what is your words of wisdom for a brand new? 38-year-old bass player. It's not about when you start the note. It's when you <laughs> end the note. Okay. Right on. Right. And, um, <laughs> um, you know, because most of us can, you know, you can basically hit the note on time, you know. Um, but the real feel of it all, like, think of it like a drummer, too, you know. So, like, in the drum beat, you know, in a standard, you know, drum beat, you got boom, right yep and so if you're playing bass you might want to doom doom pop you know you're gonna let that snare still go pop Mm -hmm. right yeah you don't want to get in the way 
as how I many you know as a drummer you probably had a few times where you're like I wish you wouldn't play on my snare, you know, yeah. or like it's good when you play on my snare. Like sometimes, sometimes you need to build it up on the snare, but sometimes you need to let that snare talk, you know, and um, that's the big thing, you know. I mean, and and it's never really right with the kick drum. It's always either a little bit behind it or a little bit in front of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why I was, I was writing down as you were talking. I'm trying to remember all this. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, what it basically was... comes down to you know it's it's not really necessarily when you start the note, but where you end the note. Yeah, I like that. I, I got that down for sure. I'll and learn that. the numbers. Learn the numbers. I'm so glad you said that. I had that on here. I was going to ask you how important like the natural number system is to the creative process because I yeah it makes things so easy, man. Because um, key kind of becomes irrelevant to everybody as long as you know you're in the same well it's not irrelevant but when somebody says two you know where to go you know Mm -hmm. somebody says six you know you go to this and you know it's going to be minor you know if they say go to three then it's by nature if it's a major key the three is supposed to be minor but you know you got cats like you know otis redding where you know he go on the dock of the bay, the three is a major chord. So yeah. you go and call it a three major, you know, like there's a lot of things like that that are, I mean, and then if you take like a, a, a male singer might want to sing sitting in the dock of the bay in G, but a female singer might want to sing it in B flat. Yeah. You know, and so it's still the same song, it's still the same numbers, it's just in a different key. So you can still play the same thing, you're just playing in a different place. Very cool. And um, uh, that number system, how do you get started learning something like that? What, do you just get a book? Or, I mean, how, I, you know, where, where would they get – yeah. Um, sing the do-re-mi scale, you know, do-re-mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. There's uh, eight notes in that scale. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I got you. Right on. I'm digging it. What, so uh, when you hear first... someone say it's a, it's a one, four, five, blues, and E, then it's, uh, let's see, E, F sharp, G, sharp, A, A's are four, B, B, B are five. So you got E, A, and B. There's your chord progression. All right. I'm digging it. I'm about to send you a check, man. When I get done, let me know where to put it down. <laughs> what, what, uh, what was the first song you learned on bass? Oh, man, I don't even remember. I, well, I kind of remember the first one that I ever tried to, like, play with anybody, and I think it was the Christmas morning that I got my first bass. Uh, my dad played a little guitar, and uh, he just started strumming the chords to Freebird, and I started sort of following him, and so I kind of, you know, eked my way through about four bars of Freebird. <laughs> I didn't I really, you know, realize that, like, Oh, it's not just that. There's a whole lot of other stuff going on, you know. But I did sort of like, oh, that's what a big G feels like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I read somewhere, and I wanted to ask you this. Um, is it true that uh, Jason Newstead is not only a fan, but got, gave you some kind of really wicked awesome bass? Yes, sir, he did. Um, he's cool. my buddy. He's, that's he's, so awesome. He's gotten to be a real good friend of mine over the years, and he gave me a really nice um Sadowski bass. It's a uh-huh. uh, it's a Will Lee signature model Sadowski bass, and it's um it's really really lightweight. I mean really really lightweight, and um I love it. 
he gave it to me because he'd come to a few shows and um you know he's real deal rock and roll man so mm-hmm. like he's a very energetic guy and um he he came to this show in Oakland and um He's like, meet me at your bus at this particular time at 9 o'clock or something. So I was like, okay, cool, man. <clears throat> so I went out to the bus at 9 and um, hanging around. He's not there. You know, just hang out for a little bit and wait. Never, he's not there. I'm thinking, what's up? You know, so then he texts me again. He's like, oh, dude, I'm in your dressing room. Come up. So I'm like, oh, shit. All right. So I go up to the dressing room and uh, and he's there and and Jason Isbell is there, and Mercy's there, and she's tiny at the time. She's like, you know, I don't even remember how old she was, but she was very young, very small. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, he's just like, man, I, I've been to a bunch of your shows lately, and I can't sit still, so I go to all the different places in the room and listen to your band. Wow. Which is, <laughs> which is a huge compliment first. That alone is just like, Wow. Yeah, yeah, really listening to us, you know, like nobody really listens that hard, you know. <laughs> you know, so he's like, you know, I love what you do on the bass. I can relate. And I was like, oh, God, where's this going? And uh, he said, and your drummer is amazing. You know, Chad's great, man. Yeah, but absolutely. his kick drum sounds really big. When you get down in that first position, um, you start to lose string definition because that kick drum's so big and you guys are so tight. And uh, wow. and I'm just like freaking out. I'm like, what's about to happen? What's going on? Yeah. He's like, this will fix this. And he pulls this case out from behind our wardrobe case and just hands it to me. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? He's like, take it, rock it. If you love it, keep it. If you don't, give it back. <laughs> I said, you got it, man. All right. And I put it down on the floor and I opened up the case and I was like, holy God, I've never seen a bass this pretty before. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Jason Isbell was there and he was like, yeah, you can rock that thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. It was all about it. And Mercy saw it. She was like, whoa. <laughs> that is so awesome. And the thing about him, he is a great bass player. He's actually not a bad singer either. And Metallica, man, they put him You're through right. the ringer. They put him You're through right. the ringer undeservingly. So he was such a talent. I, I think I'm always been pro him, and just to hear a story that he's a cool guy, you know, that's that's great. Yeah, he's a very sweet dude. He's a very genuine fellow, and um, you know, I I think the world of him. I really do. I consider him, you know, one of my family now. You know. Yeah, that, and I like that because, like I said, when you get a guy of that caliber as well who enjoys your your music, it, it's got to make you feel great. At least make you, you know, like some validation of what you're doing. Yeah, uh, like, you know, is making an impact. So, dude, you know, like one of my first, I started playing bass when I was 11 years old. When I was 12 years old, I think the only thing I wanted was the live shit binge and purge set on VHS. <laughs> you know, I wanted it on CD and VHS, you know, which was like the shit at the time. You know, I remember when they put that out, that was like big news, you know. Yeah. And it was expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were back in the day, yeah. And boxes, yeah but, VHS has worked. And it had like that cool like road case stencil and all that stuff. And anyway, I, I, that's all I wanted, man, for Christmas. And she got that thing for me, man. I wore it out. <laughs> just wore them takes out and uh, yeah 
when I finally met him, you know, later on in life, man, like that little kid was like almost standing in front of me, literally, you know, and I had to like put the little kid back in, like, no, yeah. no, no, don't fan out, don't, don't break anything, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's hard, and that's one thing, like, I've been so fortunate, I've been blessed, um, to do this podcast, because, like, I, I get to speak with guys like you, people I really admire, it, it is, it's, it's hard not to fangirl out a little bit and just be like, oh, I love when you do this and do that. I mean, and everybody sure. appreciates it. But, yeah, you, you always – there's always like a musician's code. It's like no matter what, just act cool. Just just keep your composure. <laughs> yeah, just talk shop, you know. We're all yeah. people. We're all people, you know. Yeah, and, just um, people make certain things look cooler than other people, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, hats are expensive. <laughs> yeah, 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 no doubt. What up? Uh, uh, talking about another musician, there's a guy that – see, I live in Columbia, Tennessee, which is mm-hmm. uh, close to Franklin and everything. There's a guy I've been seeing locally. His name's Cam Pierce, and I was uh, – I heard he had been in your studio, or at least I think you've had something to do with him. What do, yep, you, think yep. about, what do you think about this guy? I think Cam's really great, man. Yeah. I think he's got a very honest delivery. I think he's he's got um, – a kind of a ranging Americana country Western vibe going on. Uh-huh. That's kind of that's really cool, and his songs are good too, man. He yeah. came in here, and I was thinking, you know, he was just gonna come in and cut a few songs, and um, he came in, man, and sat down in front of my microphone and recorded 23 songs. Gosh, wow! Just just like by himself, and then at some point, his bass player came by, and um stuck him in the other little room in there and, and recorded a few bass, you know, numbers with him. And, um, yeah, by the end of the night, man, he had recorded 23 songs. That is crazy. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess he was just trying to, like, you know, I know he has a band and stuff, and I think maybe he was just like, you know, I just want to get all these down so I know what they sound like. <laughs> That's yeah, a big yeah. part of it, of the craft. You know, you don't really know if your song's good until you hear it, so... Uh, I think yeah. some of it was just to, uh, you know, get all these down so that he could listen to them. But, yeah, what, he's a very talented guy, man, a really good singer. I, and I, yeah, sweet I guy, heard, too. Sweet yeah, guy. The, re- the reason I brought him up is, you know, being a musician and a podcaster and a fan and, and all the stuff, I see tons of people, you know, and you hear tons of people. And to me, he just sticks out because I think, He's going to write one of those songs that's going to either be a hit for himself or just a big opportunity for somebody else because he, he writes the songs, you know, they're so deep and meaningful. It's not just like a cookie cutter, let's pump it out there. Every sure. song has some kind of meaning to it, and I just thought it was cool that he was vibrating uh, in your place, so I just wanted to bring him up. I, I dig his sense of metaphor, too. You yeah, know, he, he's got a he he's got this animal metaphor going on in some songs. You know, there's a song about dogs and hyenas. There's a song called One Hundred Hungry Wolves. Yeah, animal things. You know, and then you put the the his persona and you know style behind it. It's like, oh, that just kind of makes sense. You know. Yeah, just a yeah, groovy guy. I really think. Uh, it's going to be a matter of time till till something something fantastic happens for him. But yeah, that's cool. He was a part of your thing. I just wanted to bring him up and see your thoughts on him. That's that's awesome. He'd probably really appreciate that if he ever listens to this. <laughs> um, well, oh yeah, I remember. Um, what do you think about uh, Jason and Amanda returning their CMA memberships? That was like a big thing not too long ago. 
I thought it was a great thing to do. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm, I got on board with it too. Uh-huh. I didn't ask to be a member of the CMA. Yeah. They nominated us for an award, and that was really cool and all. We didn't win the award, and that's okay. That's cool mm-hmm. too, and yeah. all. Um, but in doing so, they gave us this membership, and you know, it's kind of like I can vote for those awards now, and I don't listen to that music very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of that music that's that's in that world. So it's kind of hard for me to, to pass judgment on it. Uh-huh. I, I don't really want to do that unless I've got an informed opinion. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to say something's good or bad unless I've actually heard it and can say this is good or bad. So I don't, I don't even really use the damn thing anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, and I mean, they left John Prine out and I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of a pillar of country music, of yeah. real American country music. Mm-hmm. You know? well, yeah. What we've totally lost sight of. And that, that was, that was my point is that, you know, they were mentioning it was because of John Prine and it is so sad. They don't, honor people like that and then they gave charlie pride some kind of award and when they interviewed him backstage he said that was the first award they ever given the man and he's like 90 years old or something like that yeah and you know they i mean you know there was other reasons for doing that that, that they yeah just felt they yeah you know, had to be woke or something i don't know yeah it's just it's it's, it's mind-blowing how how I don't know whoever the powers that be decide what goes in and what goes out of it, but their ship has sailed as far as that cookie cutter stuff they've got right now. And I'm with you. I don't. I'm kind of lost when it comes to it. Uh, I don't really know what they're, you know, they've got out right now. I just don't like. But I, I thought that was a powerful statement for them, considering you know they didn't pay tribute to, and even Billy Joe Shaver, they didn't, you know, they didn't talk to. Yeah. They paved the way for all these other folks. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, gonna call yourself country? Let's yeah, talk about some country music. That's right. Don't exclude. Yeah. <laughs> what a uh, last question. Like I said, I appreciate you taking the time. I, I skimmed over something uh, when I was studying up on you yesterday. It was something called Bermuda or something. You guys did a collaboration that was on like Good Morning America or something. Bahamas. Bahamas. Okay. What What's that all about? I, I checked out. I thought it was pretty groovy, but that was the first I'd heard of it. They're a group that's been around for a while. Um, I think um, I know that AP, the singer, was he lives in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So wow. they've been they've been around for a while. They've got a few records out, and uh, if you're not hip to them, man, you should check them out. It's really cool. Um, as far as the bass and drum stuff, I think you'd really really dig it. Really yeah. cool stuff. Um, but, right, yeah. yeah, Sadler's been a fan of theirs for a long time, and somehow they connected, and next thing you know, we're in the studio, and he's in the studio in Halifax, and <laughs> we're jamming. <laughs> yeah. Wow, just just a few miles away. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah just a, a hop, skip, and a jump down the road, so to speak. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, just get the right Uber driver, and you're going to have a good time. <laughs> Elliot Sloan, lead vocalist of the band Blessed Union of Souls, graces the podcast with his presence this week, discussing the 25-year anniversary of their first album, Home, with signature hits like 
I Believe and Let Me Be The One. They're doing a brand new exclusive vinyl release. It's going to have some uh, special tracks on it and some demos. And it's going to be in a whole bunch of different colors. we talk about that next on the Uncharted Podcast. You know, I was looking, I got an email the other day about uh, 25 years of this album, Home. And, and I cannot believe it's been that long because this has been my jam through the ages. And you guys are doing a record with it. I mean, uh, what, what's going on with it? That's just too cool. Ain't that crazy? 25 years. I mean, that's yeah. just funny. Time is very slow and very fast all at the same time. It's crazy like that. Yeah. I vividly, I vividly remember when we first got signed with EMI in, uh, at the end of 92. And I remember when we were putting out cassette singles at the beginning of 95 to try to convince the record company to put the record out. Yeah. They were never going to, they weren't going to put it out. They weren't even going to put the record out. They had went through a whole shift change and they just didn't know what to do with us. So we were like, you know what, this is our career. We need to try to do something. And we started getting radio stations to play it. And it started here in Cincinnati where we're from and, it kind of it kind of just grew, and I liked it like that because it was it showed the validity and the strength of the song. You know what I mean? It wasn't like you know there was hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars being spent on it. It was it was getting played because people wanted to hear it, and I and I always be grateful for that. Always be grateful for that. So but yeah, twenty five years and. But I did want to make something clear about this record, though, the the, the, the vinyl album, because I think a lot of people are getting kind of confused that they think this is the first album released on vinyl, and it's not. We have a list of the tracks on the website of the songs that are on there. There are songs from the first album, but a lot of them are like live tracks, and we got some B-sides and songs that were supposed to make the first album. Uh-huh. We had to jump. We would have had to jump through too many hoops and red tape to actually get the masters back and re-release those. So, but uh, you know, it's all from that era, and it's live versions uh, of a lot of the songs from that first record. Yeah, that that's one thing I thought was appealing. I was going to ask you about. I saw live versions and demos, and then of course. Uh, different colored vinyl. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm beyond pumped. We have one record store here in Columbia, Tennessee, called Variety, and I I called to make sure they were going to get some of them because that's where I'm going to get mine. You know, support my local my local record shop. So. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, there's there's a there's a record store that I grew up on that's still uh, in existence in Cincinnati called Everybody's Records, and uh, ah man, those were the days. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> I love the album. I used to just stare. I I would just put the record on at the very start and just stare and just absorb the artwork and every all the credits and the lyrics if there were lyrics in there. Oh, I, I love that. And uh, I don't know, man. There's, there's yeah. something to that. There's something to that. It is. It's just the magic. I have a little portable uh, Victrola record player that I hold dear to my heart, and I can't wait to start spinning it on it because i mean some of the greatest songs of my uh my youth were on uh, you know that album and everything i mean uh i believe still resonates true today it seems like it'll it'll be uh you know stand the test of time because uh you know we need a song like that right now more than ever and 
even though it's been written so many years ago, it, it's for what we've got going on right now. And I listened to it today and, and I cried a little bit, you know, six foot tall, almost 300 pounds, weeping, thinking about, you know, how, you know, how important everything you wrote in that, uh, you know, means to people today. Well, man, I was just carrying a torch, you know, seriously. I mean, I didn't invent the uh, message of love, the message of hope. I was just carrying a torch. That was That's what was in my heart, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's still in my heart today. And, you know, I got to watch myself because a lot of times I, I get I get really angry about what's going on with, with humans yeah. And it's just it's just so sad and so unnecessary. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree. It's, it's sad and unnecessary mm-hmm. the way we the way we conduct ourselves in in multiple facets. And uh, so yeah, but yeah, the song is it, it is still relevant today. I, I I wish it was as easy as people listening to a song and everybody coming together and holding up their lighters and hugging one another and you know, but but you know, it's it's you know, it's up to us as individuals, whatever whatever it is that we do, to do our part for good. You know what I mean? You yeah. Do whatever you can do, like, you know, I'll never be a brain surgeon and I'll never fly a rocket. I can write <laughs> songs about love and about you know what I mean. So you do what you can do, and even on an individual basis, even if you don't have any. Uh, talent that that you know a mass amount of people are gonna ever know about. You know, it, it's what you do on a daily basis, how you act on a daily basis, how you treat people on a daily basis, your neighbor, your friends, your family. You know, love is like love is a seed, and yeah. you know it's, it's it, it, it 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 it'll never die. It'll never die. But sometimes, yeah. most of the time, it seems that you know people choose do the opposite of that and, and the, the things we think and the things we say and the things we do. But I, I'm just, uh, you know, blessed and proud that I was able to, you know, with this band, come up with a song that has, like, and I appreciate you saying that, stood the test of time, um, that people can still listen to and, you know, just take a minute and go, you know what, it is the answer. It's the thing, you know, the, the old answer is the new answer, and the answer is love. <laughs> you know? yeah. it, it always it, has been and always will be. Yeah, and, you know, it just it, it just goes to show, you know, and just like with what you're saying, you'd be surprised no matter what language or, 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 or what religion or anything, what color we are, if you just be kind to somebody and show them respect, it, it can move mountains. Just to simply just look at somebody for, for who they are and not – critique and judge and just show respect and, and, and unfortunately we're lacking that as a whole right now that's why I, when i hear that song i'm thinking man this needs to be you know rerouted everybody needs to get a second helping of it and i'm glad you got a record coming out yeah <laughs> uh, well thank you thank you yeah and i'm excited with you too as you are too about the colored vinyl because i want I, I want every color available. I just want, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's I, what I'm I, thinking. I'm going to have to go in there and buy every one of them on a whim and just hope they're all different <laughs> colors. But uh, uh, I wanted to tell you also, since I've had you on here, because I've been a fan forever, but that song, uh, you know, I believe, I always felt like it was right up there with, like, what should have been a, another song on Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. I feel like that that was rival to that because he said, and you might have felt different about it, he, felt, he said he was just like you did, 
an instrument and like God was speaking to him, not that you are religious, through that masterpiece of an album. And that's how I've always paired that song when I hear it. Like something like, like Marvin Gaye. I, I, I have said the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just a conduit to deliver a message of love. The Bible says God is love. God yeah. is love. You want to know what love is? God is love. And you want to know how to demonstrate love? Read about Jesus Christ. He yeah. showed what love really is. You know what I mean? And that's what this message is. That's, 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 the, whole, that's the whole message. Mm-hmm. That is the whole message, spreading the, the message of God, spreading the message of love. And, you know, we as humans, man, we, you know, we don't want any, we don't want to, a, a lot of people, I'm not saying we, a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that. And when you don't acknowledge that, you know, when you take God out of the equation and it's like, it's like, it's like digging underground and, and, and chopping down the root. What do you think is going to happen to the tree? If you chop down the root, it's going to die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's, that's it right there. (laughs) You you painted the perfect picture. I agree 100%. Uh, You guys have always been attached to perfect love songs. I'm going to hop right into another one, of course. And I've got a memory to go with this. Let me fan out on you a little bit. Uh, And I'm I'm going to age myself. I'm 38 now. It's no surprise. But anyway, Let Me Be the One came out right when I was in seventh grade. And I had my first crush on this girl named Tiffany Johnson. She was a year older. And she looked just like a Barbie doll. And I always imagined <laughs> that in some kind of fantasy, that song would be playing. I'd get to dance with her. But she always hated my gut. <laughs> <laughs> but. When I would hear that song playing, you know, because back in the day, you know, if you wanted to get it, you couldn't just go to Spotify. You'd have to put a tape in a tape deck and record it. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But um, that, that every time I hear it, even to this day, I think about that girl that I liked. And, like, when I told her, you thought it was the worst news that was ever delivered to her. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let me be the one. Is, that song is just so under the radar. And, and it... There is something special to it, and not just because we did it or whatever, but that song lasted on radio way longer. Like, we were ready to go come out with the third single, but there were stations that were still playing it, and other stations started picking it up. And something about that song, I mean, I don't even know what it is. I I remember... When we wrote it, we just like, yeah, this is cool. You know, I didn't know if it was going to be a single, let alone the second single. And it, it was, it, it, it just, there was just something special to it. And, uh, you know, in the melody, just the simplicity of it. Um, and I love singing it. I love singing that song. Cause it's, and I can imagine, you know, you you liking this girl and, and that's what you want to tell him. Let, just let me be the one. I want that's to it. be the one. Let, let me right. be the one to love you. Come on, baby. <laughs> every, you know, every, time I, every time I hear it, it was my, you know, my first crush, and it said exactly what I wanted to say to her. But once I tried to kind of ease my way in there, she just wouldn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. What uh, uh, are you? 
if uh, are you guys going to tour in support of like the the 25 anniversary when the world opens up, or what are plans with that as far as the music goes? Yeah, if we can, we got to figure out what happens, what's going to happen in the next three, six, nine months. You know, uh, I, we I would love to get out and you know get back on the road with some consistency. Uh, you know, this this whole pandemic, which is another story. Oh, really, you know, yeah, it's really just turned the world upside down. And uh, but yeah, that that was that's the plan. But you know, we didn't want to wait to whenever that happens to release this record. We were trying to you know release it earlier because we've been talking about this since the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and then everything got put on hold and. You know, these people's you know mind started focusing on you know survival, yeah. and it kind of still is. You know what I mean? I I don't know if you I don't know if you caught the virus. I I did, and I've been laid up for the past uh, past ten days. But oh, wow. you know, I, I uh, well I know it affects people differently. To me, it didn't feel like any more than a a cold, uh-huh. you know. I mean, I've, I what I had I, last week, I had a fever that I broke the same day. So, and, you know, but I went and got tested anyway because, you know, I didn't want my kids to have to miss out on school and swim practice and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so I've been kind of isolated uh, from them, but again, I uh, it affects people differently. Yeah, and and uh, but, but for me it was it was nothing more than, than a you know a, a flu bug, whatever. So I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, again I don't want to go off on that tangent. That's a totally different story away from music. Yeah, you're absolutely right. right. It's it's a horrible thing, and like you said, um, you know, I, as far as my experience, if I've had it, I I don't know. I, I believe I might be acceptable because I work two jobs, and I'm around a lot of mouth breathing. So I've been blessed in that aspect, or I have not caught it yet. But I mean, I use the precautions and masks and everything. But yeah, like you said, for someone that, that like me and you that are, that are healthy, but like for the elderly, they say it's just an absolute nightmare. So I try to you know, mask up and keep my distance for their sake because, you know, I still have a couple of loved ones I wouldn't want to, you know, catch it or, or be around or anything. Like with Thanksgiving, I didn't go visit a couple of people on the account of it, so. Yeah, 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 same here. I, I spent Thanksgiving by myself, and people brought food over. Nice. And uh, so, it was, so, yeah, there's a lot of people, family and neighbors, friends um, that have, that have been there for me. And uh, ironically enough, like on that Friday, uh, when I was, uh, when I first started, you know, feeling a little bit, a little bit queasy, I, I had dinner with my wife and my kids, uh, just had some carry out from food. And then uh, after, uh, after we had dinner, I took some food, I took some, uh, some vitamins over to a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine's house, actually it was my assistant pastor, and he had, you know, his family had contracted the virus, so I dropped it off on their front porch, and then, you know, 
I didn't see them at all. I just texted him. I was like, hey, it's outside. And then later that night is when I started feeling sick. And uh, so, but, yeah, it, again, it affects different people in different ways. So I'm, I'm just thankful to God and heaven that uh, I didn't, you know, have a lot of the symptoms, have a lot of the, the effects. Mm-hmm. As a lot of other people have had. Yeah, I'm with you. I just uh, I, I pray that uh, that they get a vaccine that you know doesn't have too many terrible side effects and can start giving it to who needs it the most. And maybe we can you know at least maybe not nip it in the bud, but just make it to the point where like you know you can go get a flu shot and get it kind of knocked out or whatever. That's that's what I really hope. That's what I want for the new year anyway, because. You know, I miss coming to shows. I miss being around humans and, you know, gathering in, in music atmospheres, entertainment, all kind of stuff. I mean, there's only so much of your four walls you can take. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of stuff in the house that uh, I normally wouldn't have had time to do. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. that wraps up this week's uncharted podcast thank you for taking the time to listen i appreciate it without you i'm nothing if you know anybody think it'd be a great guest have them hit me up josh belcher at hotmail.com as you'll be hearing this uh, as i post on sunday um, charlie pride has passed away uh, just a uh, groundbreaking uh, barrier smashing fantastic country music singer uh, all-around great person um as you, i know you listened to the interview uh, jimbo hart and i were just talking about charlie pride and uh he passed away due to complications with covid uh and as i discussed earlier my mother had it she is on the mend and now i think i have it i have to go get a test on monday when uh, the doctor is available uh so uh condolences and uh, prayers for um charlie pride's family and um that wraps it up uh thank you for all your prayers and well wishes and thank you for listening and thank you to my guests jimbo hart and elliot sloan and we'll catch you next time oh i almost forgot i love you for you and where you're at in life all right take care everybody